Listener discretion is strongly advised. Sometimes this podcast contains themes of a sexual nature in relation to the crimes that we talk about. This podcast contains triggers such as violence and or abuse and sometimes contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. the Halloween episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to If I Go Missing, and let's get going with your dose of true crime family time. Most of y'all know, but for any of our new true crime family out there, I'm your host Megan, here with my co-host and mom. Hi, I'm Lynn. Welcome everyone to our special Halloween episode. Hopefully, we've been delivering weekly on our promise to up the creepiness factor in recognition of Halloween. If we've not yet done so, or at least done as well as you had hoped, maybe we can change your mind with this episode. So, I guess this one's a real creeper for sure? Well, you can't expect any less for Halloween. In this week's story, I will be telling you all about a young girl who went missing from her family's home only to end up being discovered 300 miles away with apparent amnesia. That is, until her remains were found months later. Our story starts in April of 1922 on a small farm in Brittany, France. The story of little Pauline Picard was an odd one for sure. She was only two years old when she went missing during April of 1922, but she was then found twice. As a two-year-old, Pauline Picard would play with her sisters on her family's farm. The farmhouse was a quiet, usually safe area in a small rural settlement of Goaf Aloud, east of Brest in Brittany, France, which was owned by Francois Picard, a farmer, his wife, and their nine children. The children playing alone outside never worried their mother. But when she called her daughters inside for dinner on a spring evening in April of 1922, her other children returned while Pauline was nowhere to be found. Being a parent of a child that goes missing must surely rank as one of the most horrendous experiences that anyone can suffer. Pauline's frantic parents enlisted the help of local police, scores of volunteers totaling in about... 159 from their village town to help and everybody just jumped in and aided the family in the search for their missing daughter. A thorough search was conducted but no trace of her was found. La petite Pauline Picard, as the media dubbed her, had vanished without a trace. Then, weeks later, with the hope of finding Pauline alive, pretty much gone, Police in the city of Cherbourg in Normandy found a child matching Pauline's description, lost and confused, wandering through alleyways. When an officer showed a photo of the child to Pauline's mother, she cried with joy. Her daughter had been found, and on May 8th, the family drove 400 kilometers, which is about 248 and a half miles north, to take their daughter home. Then, 
what should have been a joyful moment of reunion suddenly became shrouded in doubt. If we go by the numbers, which generally don't lie, statistically speaking, it has been shown that the first 48 hours after a child's disappearance are the most critical for finding them alive. So, at the three-week mark, the Picards have begun to abandon hope of ever seeing their little girl again. Little Pauline was widely assumed to have been eaten by a boar or taken by gypsies. With this knowledge in mind, the idea that a little girl matching Pauline's description having been found by police seemed miraculous. When an officer showed the photo to Pauline's mom, she burst into tears, crying that it was her daughter, my poor little Pauline. But the story is far from over. When an officer showed a photo of the child of Pauline's mother, Leigh Matin reported that she burst into tears, crying, That's my daughter, my poor little Pauline. But the story is far from over. Feelings of relief soon turned into questions that quickly grew into heartbreak. The child the Picards had met in Cherbourg was thinner than Pauline had been. She had been missing for a number of weeks, so police put this down to weight loss. She appeared well looked after, and her clothing, though different to that that Pauline had been wearing when she left the farm, was still in good condition. Strangely, the child remained mute when reintroduced to her family and showed no signs of happiness to see her parents again. As her parents spoke to her, it became clear she did not understand the language. That makes a little bit of sense, because I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. I mean, you don't want to be like, okay, none of this is adding up, but none of this is adding up. For many who aren't aware, in the area of France, little Pauline was raised at, Brittany, they actually speak a language called Breton. Breton language is one of the six extant Celtic languages, the others being Cornish, Welsh, Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, and Manx. Breton is spoken in Brittany in northwestern France exclusively to my knowledge. Therefore, Breton was a language that this little girl should have known, but did not. And it raised some pretty big red flags and a lot of questions for Pauline's parents. Makes sense. For example, just how had Pauline traveled 400 kilometers? That was my first question. What had happened to her? Why did she seem to have no memory of her family? Why did she not understand her native tongue? The last two questions were put to rest by being chalked up to no more than amnesia, brought on by a post-traumatic stress event. Okay, I'm not a psychologist, don't get me wrong. But you know, sometimes we kind of analyze these things away. Yes, but also at the same time, I mean, you got to think for a two-year-old who's just learning to talk, it's probably pretty traumatic. Good point. Good point. And, you know, despite not recognizing her family, the family in the entire neighborhood recognized her. In the end, it was all believed to be a response to how her little mind and body was both processing and coping with the trauma she had no doubt incurred. Amen, because that literally... 
it don't even make my skin crawl. It just turns my skin inside out. I don't know what it does to think of what a two-year-old. I mean, even like some two-year-olds are so dang smart. Mm-hmm. They, they, their communication is incredible. They're everything. You think about it. But wandering. Yeah, like the comprehension of that yeah. level of. You know, somebody took me, or how did I end up here? How yeah. did I get back home? That comprehension, yeah. no matter how smart the two-year-old is, not there. No, no, that's. I mean, that's something I don't know that I could comprehend now. Yeah, but um, oh my gosh, Mm-mm. I can't imagine her or the parents, but but her just processing that. So, okay, I can go with a psychologist theory there, but something still just feels off. I mean, did they have any working theories as to how the heck she got that far from the point from her, of her home to 400 kilometers away? The working theory? It was that Pauline had been abducted and abused by her kidnapper. After all, a mysterious woman in rags was seen with a little girl before she was taken by Cherbourg police. And the media maintained that this woman was the key to unraveling the mystery of Pauline's disappearance. Yeah, we might need to unravel that woman. Mm, it's terrible. I guess you could say things appeared to go back to normal after she was home for a bit. Well, I mean, you know, at least as normal as anything for this type of situation could. Yeah, because I don't think I would ever let her walk on the front porch by herself. Again, no. Much less play in the yard. Around this time, it's about the 12th or 13th of May in 1922, three different news outlets released stories of the miraculous return home, and for lack of a better term, we will still refer to this girl as Pauline. After being found again, Pauline had begun to settle into life in the farm again, or maybe for the first time. Yeah. According to excerpts posted to Reddit that were taken from three different French news outlets, one being Le Petit Parisien, wrote that the girl, supposedly Pauline, is starting to settle and talk a bit. She started screaming out of terror when she was taken to the supposed spot where she was abducted. Poor baby. Police are still looking, though, for the woman who would have abandoned the child in Cherbourg. Then within that span of, you know, the May 12th through the 13th, right after the prior article I mentioned, two more came out. The next one came from a French news outlet, Le Matin. And it said, there is no doubt that the Cherbourg girl is Pauline. She talked in Breton saying bread and called the house cat by its name. The parents have recognized her, though she is weak and skinny, the two strange men are mentioned again as the farm worker who took an interest in Pauline and happened to just be out of jail for violence when he came to the farm. Well, that's not sounding good. The last excerpt from Reddit comes from Le Oiste Eclair, and it says, There's no doubt anymore that she is Pauline. Everyone recognized her, but she's very weak, barely standing on her legs, crying. Her father says it is her, without a doubt, but much thinner. People wonder what kind of mistreatment she received during her abduction. She seems terrified and lost. 
She called the cat by the Breton name for it and answered questions in Breton about food. Police are still looking for the abductors, and a neighbor mentions that two strangers were seen near the farm the night of the incident looking suspicious. Christophe Caramon is also suspected. He is an itinerant worker that was working and staying at the farm the day before Pauline disappeared. He was just out of prison and was known for a violent fact. He spent a lot of time talking to Pauline and petting her. May 25th, an article came out that says, The girl is now chatting, playing with her siblings, and doesn't have seizures anymore. Lord bless her. That leads you to think maybe she was um, like a head trauma of some sort. Maybe. The the seizures that, that go away, the not knowing, the... I mean, the, yeah, that seems completely plausible. And definitely, apparently, everybody does agree in the fact that the child was abused in some way. Yeah, during her so absence. Put all of it together. How pitiful. So, the water seemed to be settling, and Pauline seemed to be coming around. Her story was even circulating around the world. Newspapers from Paris to New York rejoiced over the miraculous return of little Pauline. Yet, the Picards harbored nagging suspicions that the child living in their home was not theirs. Makes sense, too. These worries grew when a local farmer, Yves Martin, seemingly confessed to killing their daughter. Oh, my lanta. He shakily asked the Picards whether they thought the little girl in the house was their daughter before screaming, God help me, I'm guilty, and running off. He was later admitted to an asylum, and soon after, the discovery was made that would terrify a nation. Lord have mercy, this is awful. On May 27, 1922, a French outlet, the same one, the Le Petit Parisien, Le Petit Parisien reported that a body had been found. Now, this is an old case. We also have to translate all of this from French to English, and record-keeping, even on cases, wasn't really as big of a deal back then. So, while I kept reading up on the case, I found two different descriptions of the person that found the body. One outlet said it was a neighboring farmer, and one said it was a cyclist. Who knows? Maybe it was on a neighboring farmer who was also a cyclist. And, you know, I don't know. This is true. Makes sense. Maybe they were one and the same. There you go. I don't know. But keep that, keep that in, in mind because, you know, we are translating a, let's see. Nearly 100-year-old Yeah, nearly case. a 100-year-old case. And also translating it from French to English from record keeping wasn't that great. No. No. It, it amazes you what could be overlooked and what happened before DNA, before oh, decent yeah. record keeping, before, wow. And that's the thing, DNA would have put this case to bed for yeah. good. Forever, yeah. Regardless, the person that had found the body of the little girl was about 800 meters from the Picard farm. The body was badly decomposed and the hands, feet, and head were missing. Oh my lord. She was naked and decapitated, and a skull lay nearby. The man went to the police. The body was too badly decomposed to identify it, but Pauline's mother said 
that the clothes found nearby matched the outfit Pauline was wearing the day she vanished. Residents also indicated that they passed the exact spot numerous times and had never seen a body there. So in other words, if that's her likelihood high, somebody put her there. After, After the, the search and everything was over. Yeah. Dear Lord, have mercy. Oh, the two-year-old baby. <clears throat> also, on May 27th, Lay Matson reported that investigators had found a head near the body. Subsequently, they determined that the head was too large to belong to the small body. Strangely, the location where the remains had been found had been searched shortly after Pauline's disappearance. Investigators therefore decided that the body had been buried there only recently. Things became even more bizarre when the medical examiner found the skull was in fact, like they suspected, too large to belong to the young girl and that it was in fact that of a skull belonging to an adult male. Okay, so this was not Pauline found. Well, it was a chump kind of a child's body and some kind of a man's head. Dear Lord, what's going on around that place? I mean, did the crazy farmer kill Pauline? Or, um, I mean, if so, who, who, where'd the skull come from? And where's the rest of the body? And, and what, what about the accomplices? I mean, were there accomplices to this thing? Did he act alone? I mean, who killed the man whose skull we have and who killed the little girl and and where's the little girl's hands feet and head and where's the man's Dude, body geez. i don't know yeah and what sicko would do that to a child or human or anything weird people shortly after running out of the picard's home screaming his guilt yves martin was committed to that asylum and honestly not much is known of his fate after he entered the asylum because you know record keeping yeah all right one more thing i totally get um as pauline's mom it would be easier to convince yourself that the little girl that was found 400 kilometers away was your daughter but what if you're wrong i mean your actual daughter is mixed up in this weird body find or totally missing altogether or god only knows what abducted or hmm. yeah I, I i just have trouble. look i don't make up the stories people i just tell them <laughs> I, as a mother i would accept the child because obviously nobody else is going to take care of the child nobody's even coming and claiming going no that's my kid whatever I mean, of course I would take the child in, but I still have my heart in the back of my mind, but I don't think this is my child. Mm-hmm. How horrible. All the way around. Although it would seem almost incredible that the parents should make a mistake, the Picards were now uncertain whether the child they had been nursing for more than a month was really their own, and the police were suddenly faced with a threefold task. To discover the murderer, identify the murdered child, and if she proved to be Pauline Picard, discover the identity of the little girl from Cherbourg. Yeah, all that sounds about right. 
Now a closer investigation of circumstances under which the body was found and the medical examiners have added further to the detective's difficulties. So carefully was the search made at the time of little Pauline's disappearance that the body would have been discovered had it have been lying where it was found. Everything now points to the theory that it was placed there, together with the neatly folded clothes, quite recently. The most startling discovery of all, however, is that the unrecognizable head found close to the child's body is not like the skull of a child, but of a grown man, thus introducing a second victim, an unknown intruder. So now, not only do we have a missing child, an unknown alive child, but we have a male victim. Exactly right. And also a possible murdered child. We don't know. Well, we have a murdered child. No, I take that back. We have a murdered child, a missing child who could either be the murdered child or the child that's alive that looks like the possible murdered missing child, but could really just be somebody else altogether, and a man who somehow got thrown into the mix with his head. Is that enough confusion for one day, or we need more? Nope, my head's spinning. One slight clue is reported as the possible identity of the murderer. The farmer, Yves Martin, who claimed he was guilty, then in wild laughter rushing from the home, and the following day was then, you know, taken to a lunatic asylum, raving mad, and it's thought that he killed Pauline if the dead child was Pauline. Oh, good gracious. That just, everything just, you turns back to somewhere else. It's absolutely crazy. All right. So, I'm lost. If Pauline is dead, then who's this other little girl? I mean, there's not another girl missing, right? No, we don't know of another girl, right? Okay. If she was wrong, and it wasn't really Pauline, why had no one else reported that their child's missing? You, you, you kind of, I mean, even if you back in them days had eight or nine or ten kids, you got to notice one's missing somewhere. Eventually. Especially two-year-old. Those little things are active. I mean, and, and was Pauline's mom wrong? This is not her kid? Strictly speaking, the fact that Pauline's clothes had been found near the body really, I don't think, was proof that the body was Pauline. I mean, honestly, I don't. It's just, I, I mean, it, it could be. I could be wrong. But it also could just be, you know, we changed her before we took her. Why were they folded like in a neat little pile? Well, I don't know that. So, I mean, that, that kind of adds to the something. Does but then why would they be here? folded in a neat pile if I'm going to murder you anyways? I don't know. Like, why would I kill and dismember you but i'm gonna i care about your clothing i'm just an extra neat person i don't know none of it none of it makes sense no not at all further complicating things is that the time in which this case took place and the fact that all things that could be used to identify the body found like you know the hands and the feet things that could be used for prints have been you know taken off of the body in this day and time, we just DNA test whatever we have left and test that against both girls and the family and we'd have our answer. But in 1922, that was an impossibility. Newspapers from around the world wrote about the dark twist, including the New York Times. 
Ultimately, though, it was the same French news outlets that gave away the rather gory details. Trigger warning. Normally, with missing persons cases, we don't have the gory details. But I really can't avoid it. And unfortunately, for you know the questions still left by this case, you need to hear the autopsy and inquiry reports to kind of understand the rest of the case. Like Paul Harvey said, we got to get the rest of the story. Like, if you got issues with this, just, this isn't your episode. It's just come back next week. So, the first comes from the news outlet Le Petit Parisien. The body is identified as Pauline's, which surprises reporters as the Cherbourg girl was formerly identified as Pauline by the father, who in a first instance was hesitant. He recognized the blonde hair of the body that was sticking to the bushes around it. The doctor who first examined the body concludes to a murder with reservations. There is a large tear on the side of the body under the last rib from the groin and it was punctured with something sharp like a knife. One centimeter large, two centimeter deep. The field in which the body was found had already been searched both high and low and can be attested to by three rather reputable witnesses such as the police, the priests, and even city hall employees. On the 28th of May, prosecution departments began arriving. 72 hours after the body was found, which is very late and kind of counterproductive, pieces of fabric, a nail, and teeth are found on the ground. A cop says it's the work of foxes, and they need to search the moors to find their den. The prosecution can't be bothered to find it, but agrees with the cops that it's, you know, just the work of some foxes. Just wrong foxes. Yeah. And what about the man? Did we just forget about him? I guess so. They conclude that Pauline's sisters, who had seen her leave, left too in the other direction in a tantrum unnoticed, but got lost as night fell and she got scared and cried for help and wasn't heard. And then died of cold, exhaustion, and hunger as there was a storm that night. The wildlife ate her and crushed her bones and ate her flesh. The autopsy tends to conclude to an accident as well. But how do you explain that the people didn't find the body before? Did the foxes just like, okay, you know what? They don't suspect us. Let's, let's bring it out now. Maybe they think yes. it's the bears. Let's, let's get these bones out of the dens. It's making a mess in here. No. Yeah, no. Really, um, fox don't think that way. And it's not foxes. It's just fox. Well, you know what? When they transferred it to French to English, it was foxes. Okay. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> I told you. I was at a slight disadvantage. <laughs> so, the prosecution really is just dismissing the question. They thought they searched there, but they were mistaken. The parts of the body were also then sent to a university, but didn't give any more results. So I guess now they're saying that they searched the area, but or they only thought they did. Thought we did. Okay. But yet yeah, a priest, a cop, and town hall employees said you searched it. I mean, that's like a three men walk into a bar thing. Thank like, you. I was thinking the same thing, but <laughs> you were going to kill me if I said it. Come on, people. <laughs> like an officer, a priest, and 
the young boy walk into a bar and, you know, crap hits the fan. This is crazy. Then a journalist from the Les Matin notes that the Cherbourg girl caught up with the Breton language very quickly, though. So we're back to this alive version of Pauline. Right. Something else they noticed is that the girl had a similar birthmark as her father had on the ear. The clothes near the body are now mentioned as pieces of fabric and not neatly folded clothing. I don't know. A crime is judged more likely than an accident. And, you know, the journalist reminds readers that the field was searched in every direction. With hounds and the police chief is adamant he went through that exact spot several times. Up to 150 people searched the field. The police chief was still left wondering if animals did indeed deteriorate the body. Why is the belly mostly intact? Even though it's the first thing animals would go for. You know, like the soft parts. Also, where would the puncture on the belly come from? Like that long gouge that they discovered. The one that was like one centimeter yeah. wide and two centimeters deep or something. Yeah, yeah that, that, that doesn't compute either. Mm-mm. Not only that, what about the different skull? Like, who's this man that died? And then, you know, back to the parents, how can they mistake their child for another? Yves Martin is also mentioned, and it said that he asked the mother if she was sure the child was really the same kid before saying, you know, God is fair, I'm guilty, leaving abruptly, and, you know, being committed to a hospital. But no conclusion can be reached for the autopsy. As badly as the body was decomposed, the two doctors operating in a barn lacked the correct tools the stomach was empty but they don't know if it's because the little girl starved to death or simply had digested her last meal by the time she died doctors can't say for sure what caused the damages crime or accident and the father admits that he doesn't think the sheriff girl is their daughter anymore he says the new girl is younger On May 29th, 1922, the Le Lantern published a statement saying the body is too decomposed, but they kept the stomach, the lower belly, and sent it to the university for more research. They also assumed she was eaten by animals, but the police don't agree and keep investigating. The priest insists that they search the land so well that if someone had lost a wallet, it would have been found. Yet, they didn't even find a child. Yeah, that doesn't add up. Not laying there. If she had been under brush, if she had been... Mm-hmm. Well, it did mention something about her being buried somehow. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I mean... Eh. Why wouldn't they see the fresh, freshly dug ground? Yeah, I mean, you can't hide yeah. that. Yeah, something. Something would have shown up. So, we still have three more news reports, and I already have warning signs going off in my mind. Yeah, I do too, but you know, let's hear them. The next report came from Le Temps, and it said the autopsy is inconclusive, but the accident thesis is privileged. The girl would have been surprised by the night 
run around and died of exhaustion, cold, etc., then eaten by animals. The report was then followed from another outlet called Le Echo de Paris, and it said that it's not happy with the conclusions of the autopsy as foxes and other animals couldn't have gotten the body naked and the clothes didn't show signs of rotting flesh. Like, they would have been kind of right. clinging to it had animals torn it off. All right, these people are making a little more sense than everything else we've heard. Yeah, than all the professionals. Yeah. <laughs> also... They said that the guts and the soft parts of the body would have been eaten. And finally, the body was definitely not there before. So they agreed with them about the soft parts of the body. And they agreed with them that they don't think it was there before. So somehow it got there. Definitely. And they don't really seem to feel the same way as other people have so far about it being, you know, foxes that wanted to, like, click tidy up their den. Well, what fox cuts off your head, hands, and feet? I mean, a picky one? Yeah, that, there's no way to compute that one. I'm sorry. Finally, the Le Petit Journal added that the skirt was torn by a knife. One tight was still on the leg, but the straw still in the empty clog of the girl and it was still laced personally i'm no detective but what animal carries a knife and can take off clothing and why does the clothing go from being neatly folded to pieces of fabric i'd love to ask a question but i can't even think of one so how does this thing end because the questions are just jumbled up and numerous well there are many ways it could end I chose this for Halloween because this story was likened to that of a real-life changeling. The town had some other concerns, and we'll start with those first. Both Le France and Le Petit Parisian reported that upon looking at all eight children in the Picard family, of the eight kids, of all the farmers, they looked strong, healthy, with a large nose, which is not the case of the Cherbourg girl who looks like a city girl. Then, another woman came out of the woodworks, saying she thinks she recognizes her daughter. Poppet May. She thinks she recognizes her daughter in the Cherbourg girl, but upon looking closer, doesn't have any of the same marks on her body. Dear Mercy. Ultimately, the Picards decided this child was not their Pauline. And on July 13, 1922, the girl from Cherbourg left the Picard's family farm and was sent to an orphanage. By this time, she's also now speaking and answering in Breton. By August 11th of 1922, the young girl seems to have recovered a little more and is beginning to ask questions about who she is. She seems to recover memories and is now speaking in Breton, calling after Alan. Henrietta, and Anne, three of the kids of the Breton farmers. She asked for water to wash in Breton, and soon journalists are beginning to wonder if the girl is, after all, the farmer's daughter, or if she just learnt Breton very quickly. Reports again begin to circulate regarding the clothing at the scene of the crime. 
it is mentioned again that the clothes were next to the body and not on the body, even when it was found, even though the body had been buried under Pauline's name, even though the body had been buried under Pauline's name, there are rumors in the country that she was not dead. She was kidnapped and sold to a rich family whose little girl had died and needed a replacement as her death would make them lose an inheritance. Because of all the mediatic coverage, the body of the couple's girl was staged. Oh my goodness. There is a child unaccounted for here, though. And that is what the French police are now trying to focus on. They're really trying hard to nail down a lead, and one day they find a woman from Cherbourg. According to Le Matin, this woman supposedly tried to abandon a child in Cherbourg and had been found. And she has a girl that indeed looks very much like the Cherbourg girl, but obviously is the right girl. General speculation about the real Cherbourg girl is that she's suspected to have been abandoned by migrants leaving for the United States, in which case they may never be identified. The Cherbourg girl is sent back to Cherbourg. Then Pauline's father cries that he doesn't want to part with her. Back in Cherbourg, the girl now talks fluently in Breton, and she asks after her siblings, talks about the donkey, the horse, and the farm. As time goes on, nobody in the neighborhood really believes this is an accident. Pauline was too crafty. There's no way a fall could have killed her in that very safe place. And the animals couldn't have taken the clothes from the body. The straw in the clog was dry and neat. Incompatible with a decomposed foot eaten by mice also. Tears from the clothes were too neat to have been done by animals. Despite all the news and updates and dark twists, the Leguiste Eclair reports that the Cherubert girl was much younger and smaller than Pauline. 77 centimeters for Pauline and 60 centimeters for the Cherubert girl. Pauline's clothes were also way too big for her. As far as the body, no one believes that it was there prior to the discovery. No animal was ever seen prying for a dead body in that spot. No flock of birds, nothing. The clothes were next to the body. The fractured skull can't be explained. It is noted that the Cherbourg girl is afraid of strange women and prefers men, much like the woman that was seen with the child in rags. Yeah. She seems to have been mistreated by a woman before. Back in Cherbourg, she calls after her siblings, she speaks Breton. She clearly is not mute, but wouldn't talk at first, and that kind of suggests that maybe she was the daughters of foreigners who came to Cherbourg to take a boat for the U.S. Now, more research would have to follow to find out which language is hers. On August 12th, the girl is speaking full Breton and mentioning memories of the farm that seemed to go beyond what she could have gained in just that short little month. So, is she really Pauline after all? On September 11th, 1922, a woman from the Picard's village stops by the orphanage in Cherbourg, as she is positive that the girl is Pauline. 
two French news outlets proposed the same solution for the case. Both the Le Journal and Leois Eclairs claims that the girl was killed by a member of her own family and was previously mistreated. Yves Martin, the neighbor who accused himself, was already kind of simple-minded after an accident he had a few years prior. And he must have just been a mere witness to the real Pauline's murder. The name of the murderer is not given, but we are made to understand that it is the father who had frequent violent outbursts. Le Journal says that he was very remorseful. Le Oist Eclair says the contrary. Le Oist Eclair mentions that it is very suspicious that the parents keep pretending the Sherberg girl was theirs, even though she clearly wasn't. For example, Pauline had eight molars, and the Sherberg girl only had two. So why keep pretending? And also, I read on the night of the disappearance, the father let his brother-in-law go to police to report the issue instead of himself. Thoughts? That's just getting weird. Because then it also said that she was afraid of women and preferred men. That's true. But if dad abused her, it would be the opposite. She would shy away from men and prefer the company of women. So that makes you kind of go back more to the woman in rags theory. My head is spinning so bad. I don't know what theory I'm looking at. I I go from, yeah, it's got to be her. No, that can't be her. I don't know. Yep. You said there was another theory or something that made you pick this case. What was that? All right. So this one's kind of out there. And this is what makes it even more chilling. The case of Pauline Picard has been likened to that of a real-life changeling incident. Okay. I want to say I absolutely don't believe in a changeling. Okay? But, you know, me and all my vampire shows and my witch shows and etc., etc. And so I did a little research on um, doppelgangers. Doppelgangers are real. They're real duplicates of people. Your doppelganger may... If you have a doppelganger, everybody doesn't have one. Are you supposed to die after you meet your doppelganger or something? Yeah. And they, like, my doppelganger could be in France, could be in Germany, could be Timbuktu. You know what I'm saying? So the changeling theory, but I have no, I don't know, the doppelganger theory, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It, this is This is just crazy. So, the changeling theory comes from European folklore. In European folklore, a changeling is some type of deformed offspring of, like, fairies or elves substituted by them surreptitiously for a human infant. According to legend, the abducted human children are given to the devil or used to strengthen the fairy stock. The return of the original child may be affected by making the changeling laugh or by torturing it. This latter belief was responsible for numerous cases of actual child abuse. According to Britannica, the existence of changelings is believed to stem from the idea that infants are susceptible to demonic possession. In the Medieval Chronicles by Ralph of Kogashal, and in other sources, the fairies are said 
expressly to prey upon unbaptized children. Wow. Wow. Um, that's a little far-fetcheder than a doppelganger. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, no. I, I, um, so you, you totally things, don't go with the changeling theories. The changeling has too many medieval fairy elf. You know, I may believe in a doppelganger. But well, last week you believed in aliens. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't go with that. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I can't go with that. I can't make myself go with the changeling. No, that's that's a little much. So whatever happened to this little girl that was found in Cherbourg? I mean, did they get her out of the orphanage? Was she just... Stay there till she... What happened? Her fate kind of differs depending on where you read. Oh, wonderful. I've seen some news outlets say that her fate, much like that of the farmer who went to the asylum, has pretty much kind of been lost to the pages of history. Other outlets say that she was later renamed Louise Marcel Pauline and unfortunately died a year later of measles. Regardless, her story does not seem to end well. Yet, so many questions remain. That's so sad for any child. I know. That's horrible. But who was the Cherbourg girl? What happened to Pauline Picard? Was the body that was found hers? How did the girl that was found dead die? Was it accident, murder, family violence? What did Yves Martin know? Was he the murderer? Why was the instruction so slow? How could they conclude to an accident? Like, was it a cover-up? Was the Sherbert girl actually Pauline? And who the heck is missing their skull? Yeah, yeah, there is another case here, people. I mean, I don't know, an adult compared to a child, I guess that's why it gets kind of thrown away because like, yeah, that was an adult. They've, they've lived their life. Obviously not. Not all of it. Yeah, not all of it. But what? it wasn't a natural ending. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, okay, I have no, I have no answers at all. So, if any of you listeners have any theories, we really want to hear them. Hit us up on our Instagram page for the podcast at If I Go Missing Podcast and tell us what you think. We thank you all for listening to us each week and want to wish you all a happy and safe Halloween. Always remember, be smart, be safe, and talk to your mama so you don't go missing. And take her advice. Don't push it. Thank you for listening to another episode of If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan, and I put a lot of thought and hard work into these episodes. I write edit and produce them all myself and it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen if you would like to follow us on social media our instagram is at if i go missing podcast then we also have our twitter and that one is at megan noel pod if you want to reach out and suggest a case, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter by sending us a DM. We also have a Facebook page called Megan Noel Podcast, and we also have discussion groups for the podcast. 
And the name of the discussion group is If I Go Missing, a podcast.